This is Masks Off. I am Tia Fagan. And I'm Kim Gross. Who are you behind the masks you wear? We are here to have real conversations about how to live a more empowered and authentic life. So join us, remove your masks, live your life. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Masks Off. I am Kim. And I'm Tia. And we are ready to take our masks off again as we do in our show, Masks Off. We are peeling back the masks, we are becoming vulnerable, we're returning to our true and authentic selves, and then the masks come back on because that's what (laughs) happens in life, and then we try to take them off again, and we are working toward becoming more and more authentic and more and more whole. Exactly. And that's what we're going to attempt to do here again today and share and be vulnerable. But as always, we start with a quote and we are using Brene Brown's quote today from her book, Atlas of the Heart. And the quote is this. I learned that taking the edge off is not rewarding, but putting the edge back on is one of the most worthwhile things we can do. Those sharp edges feel vulnerable, but they are also the markers that let us know where we end and others begin. Brene Brown. So, you know, when I was reading and the introduction and she was talking about the edges and how it's so hard, so hard to be vulnerable and to tap into our pain, right? We talk about it all the time on this show about avoiding pain and it's normal. It's natural. We all want to do it. The brain is wired for us to move away from pain and toward Mm -hmm. pleasure So it's no wonder that we are one of the most, as Brene said in her vulnerability TED Talk, and I can't remember exactly how she stated it, but that we are this society, this society today is one of the most overweight, you know, in debt, overworked, you know, addicted society it totally is because we are taught as she uses her words are armor up we use the terminology of putting on masks but it's the same thing you and it's all figurative right you either Mm -hmm. put your mask on or you armor up but in either case what we're really saying is that we are avoiding vulnerability and pain and We're avoiding all of life that it gets. All of it. All of it. All of life. So mm-hmm. I love how she says this, right? Right. That in order to numb our anxiety, numb our, she says, we, I get, I'm going to see what she said. Dia just taught me that the more that I use alcohol, food, work, caretaking, whatever else I could get my hands on to numb my anxiety and vulnerability, the less I would understand my feelings, Mm -hmm. my thoughts and my behaviors. I finally realized that trying to outrun 
and outsmart vulnerability and pain is choosing a life defined by suffering and exhaustion. Exactly. And that just hit home for me. Yeah. Like that I could 100% identify with. Yeah. Because we, like you said, we are wired to move away from pain. So those yeah. edges, you know, to take the edge off, right? To numb out, to disconnect, to remove anything that is uncomfortable. Yeah. Is what our society tells us to do. To disconnect from yourself and don't feel those uncomfortable feelings or whatnot. But in that process that you do, you don't get to feel the amazing things too, because you're numbing and dulling both extremes. Yeah. And when we're numbing and we're not embracing all those edges, embracing those shadowy bits, we actually do the opposite of what we think we're doing. You know, we think we're numbing and not feeling, but we're actually creating more suffering because all that's still there. It doesn't go away. It just builds and builds and builds and more disconnection, more running, more hiding. So it gets more and more and more. <laughs> yeah. 100%. We think Those we're doing the opposite. layers of sedimentation just yes. keep building or the, the layers of the masks exactly. keep getting thicker and thicker and you start wearing all the different masks that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I know. So, it, it, you know, in light of being a hundred percent vulnerable and, and I've talked about it many times on the show is one of the things that I struggled most with was, or the, the agent that I used the most was eating to numb. I used food to numb for sure. And I can remember, you know, as early as age seven or eight, just using food to numb my feelings. Um, And then, you know, the thing is that I would use the food to comfort myself or to to reduce the anxiety that I was feeling living and growing up in a dysfunctional home. And then as I got to that puberty age and then all the cookies and chips and candy and ice cream that I was eating began to show itself in addition just to the hormonal Right. Things that were taking place in my body and feeling so ashamed, you know, that shame just and feeling awful. Like there was something wrong with me, inherently wrong, that I couldn't stop myself from the overeating. And I had no outlet, no way of communicating that with anyone or talking to anyone about it because we just didn't do that. You just didn't right. do that. No one talked about the real stuff, the juicy nuts and bolts, the real vulnerable stuff. Right. And I'm going to honestly say that it still is a struggle for me today to really be able to share and talk about that real vulnerable stuff or to even be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yesterday, so I'm still in the process of grieving the loss of my dad. Right. And yesterday I had to go and finalize the sale on his mobile home. And I ended up getting to that area early. So before the appointment at the tax mm-hmm. collector, so I, 
don't know what made me go, but I went to his place mm-hmm. and went in, you know, one last time and mm-hmm. it was empty, you know, and I, and I can even feel the sadness now. And so this is so apropos. This is perfect because I can feel it. Mm-hmm. And my go-to is nope, got it. Can't feel. I push it right back down. Don't be vulnerable. Can't cry in front of people. Like not even like I shared with my family that I felt sad, but not like really allowing myself to be vulnerable or to cry Mm -hmm. in front of them, you know, and I never did as even as a kid. Wow. Never did just always whenever I felt really sad. And if I was going to cry, I was alone. I didn't Mm -hmm. cry in front of other people and especially in public. Like that's the stuff, right? That's, and that's the stuff that helps connect us to one another. Right. And yet it's like the hardest thing. I don't know anyone who really does that, that shows up with another and says, I'm a freaking mess. I'm a basket case. (laughs) Right. And can you hold some space for me? Mm -hmm. I think what didn't Glennon Doyle talk about, was it? Her and her book where she talks about being a hot mess, she kept using the term being a hot mess. Mm-hmm. I think I think so. And people and who knows, maybe Brene can do this. Maybe Glennon Doyle Mellon has learned how many other people can and do, you know, have learned how to be truly vulnerable and they can take their mask off and show up. But I, I struggle with that still. I think most people struggle with it. And I think, you know, and we've talked about before is it depends on the relationship with the other person or the group that you're with too. Right. Because I mean, we just can't walk around being vulnerable, hot messes all the time. Right. Yeah. Um, Because that's not healthy either. I know. Right. There's a balance. Absolutely. You don't want to go to the other extreme. So I, I totally agree. And but here's where here's where it's even still hard for me to take that mask off and to really be vulnerable is that I told, you know, I text my sister. I said, just finished going to daddy's mm-hmm. on my way to the appointment. It was really sad. So she called me. She's that she's at work. She's crying while she's at work. I'm in the car where I could cry and I'm holding back the tears. Like, I interesting. Be, yep. I'm like, nope, not going to. And she's my sister. And we're going through the same exact situation. And I'm so, that's why I'm really taking off the mask. Interesting. And I'm sharing like, this is, this is the shadow side, the shadow side. This is the part of me that is probably still unhealed, that I am so unwilling to allow myself to be that vulnerable, even with a family member. Okay, so I, my question then is, if she were not in that state, if she had not been the one to be really sad and crying at work, if if she was just like, hey, Kim, that must have been so hard. And she was the stronger, because I'm wondering if like your dynamic, because we see this all the time in relationships, right? Help balance, like, you know, someone's the stronger one holding the space for the other one. But if both people are in vulnerable state, it almost can feel ungrounded. Right. Like if you had started 
really opening up and taking off your mask and putting the armor down and started crying in your car, would she have pushed hers down and not cried to hold that space for you, but because she That's was crying right away, your, your protective nature, it's like, oh, I need to take care of her. So I'm going to put my stuff aside. And I think there's times we can both be that. Right. But if our default is caretaker, taking care of others, when someone is like, I'm having a hard time and crying. I mean, and I am speaking from experience. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I gotcha. I'm going to hold you. Yeah. And if I'm breaking, I'm going to put my stuff aside. Because <clears throat> meeting together is, I think, even harder. Totally. I would agree. However, I would agree meeting together is really, really hard. And what it felt like for me and the pattern is, right? And so that's what we, when we do our course, I am whole, that's what we do is we look at patterns that are affecting Mm -hmm. like our, and this is a past pattern of me not feeling comfortable or or safe or something I don't even know what the word is to allow myself to fall apart mm-hmm. in it front of another or in front, even of, in front, in of, front of, of another it doesn't for some it doesn't feel safe mm-hmm. and, and there's almost if I really go inward and I investigate this yeah. Uh, and I use my process over and over yesterday. I have to say, I just kept going through it over and over. If I were to really investigate this, it almost feels like it's, it's not safe. Number one, because the met, the belief is the other person won't or can't show up for me. There's right. that. Yep. There's that. That's a big piece yep. of, I feel the energy of that. And then even when I know that someone probably would show up for me, like if it were you say, like, I know that if I came to you, I know you would be there for me. Mm -hmm. What would feel different about it with you is that the energy would be of falling apart like that and being vulnerable is weak. Just like Brene Brown says, it's weak. I need to be strong. I'm the one who's always strong, holding it together and super competent. So that's how the energy would be with you. Yeah. Probably my senses with my sister or how it was growing up with my mom or my dad would be, if I'm vulnerable with these people, they're not going to know how to show up for me in the way that I need. Right. So, and that's how to fix it or you're making a big deal out of nothing. Yep. let me come in and save the day. And so you don't yeah. feel uncomfortable. And or, right. And or I don't have time for this right now. So yeah. your needs are oh, not yeah. important. And how often do we, I mean, full disclosure, I've done that tons and tons of times to my kids when they were little, mm-hmm. couldn't show up for them when they needed to. And it was also just, and again, none of this is to, I always say this not every time I bring up my family, this is not to put anyone down. Right. It just is what it is. They did the best they could. And I grew up in a home where we pushed things, everything under the rug. Right. So we just didn't tackle these types of feelings. We just didn't talk about them. Mm-hmm. If you push it down and pretend they're not there, then they'll, they'll quote unquote, go away. <laughs> Which, as you said earlier, it never does. Nope, they're still there. It will, it will 
come back to haunt you and you will either drink, you'll eat, you will smoke weed, you will be busy, you will caretake, you will people please, you will spend a lot of money, you will whatever, yada, yada, yada. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, just like Brene Brown said in that paragraph. Right. So I'm curious, like with the relationship with your sister, if you're willing, you don't have to answer the question. Yeah. Were you the strong, like, did she feel safe and cry with you a lot growing up and you were the strong one? And so, cause your parents couldn't do that. You were able to do it a little more, even though you didn't have the experience yeah. you have now. Um, were you the one she cried to? I, th- I think so. I was definitely the one that everyone in the family turned to. For sure. Even the ones that were older, my three cousins, like that I talk about all the time. Um, I was always the one that everyone turned to for support, for advice or whatever. Um, I don't remember a lot. We weren't super close growing up in the house, but definitely like after we moved out of the house and certainly in the past few years with my mom and my dad, you know, being either sick or aunt and when they died, she certainly was the one who always, and she even said it when my mom was dying. She's like, she said to me, you're the one who's strong. Right. You hold it together. I fall apart, you know? So what do you of, have to do? I have to, have fill to that hold role. it together. <laughs> I have to hold it together and I have to wear that mask. Right. And then she's counting on you. <laughs> The whole family exactly exactly so the opportunity or possibility of me being vulnerable in those situations I had to push it down and I did and I can remember so many times in the hospital I mean there were a couple of times where I finally did you know because mm-hmm. I it was so right crazy and traumatic and whatever that I finally did lose it probably mm-hmm. exhaustion and stress and I did break down when my mom was in the hospital but mm-hmm. I can remember more often than not, I was, even though I felt it like right in my throat of just wanting to cry, I would just push it down. Yeah. And then, you know, there's times where we do that, right. To get through a situation like that. Um, And then did you allow yourself the space? When I was alone, when I was, yes, when I was alone, yes, yes. But then I, you know, no one, and that's, that's fine. I still do process the feeling and yet no one, Mm -hmm. no, there's two, two downsides that no one is seeing me being vulnerable. So I'm, you know, I'm not taking the mask off in front of people. I'm wearing this mask of I'm, I'm all together, got it together, whatever. Um, And I'm denying myself the opportunity to connect heart to heart with someone else, to let someone be able to hold space for me and to be able to reach across the table and say, I see you. I see that you're sad. I see that you're hurting. I see that you're in pain and I'm here for you. And to be able to receive that support is another part of that process too, right? Yeah. It's like even saying that right now in this like grounded state, Mm -hmm. it makes me highly anxious. Yeah. My anxiety goes like to an eight, nine or 10. So, wow. Like really we're talking about really ripping off the mask today. 
taking the mask off and just, you know, being honest. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's important to talk about this because I think it's a topic. Obviously, Brene Brown is writing about it and she's the vulnerability expert. How many views has she had? Millions and millions of views on that TED Talk on vulnerability. She researches it. It's a huge deal for people. People are not wanting to go there is my feeling and my sense. There's so much fear. There's so much fear. And then like you said, if on the flip side, I had a therapist that once said all the time, 180 degrees from sick is still sick. So if you have somebody that's on the side of just shutting down all the time to avoid the vulnerability, but then you have the flip side where someone is just, their emotions are all over their sleeve. Vine, you know, vomiting, crying, right. other feelings. That's not okay either. No, like it's not. That's not okay. That's not healthy. It's not healthy right. for that person, and it's not healthy for people that are like me that push and suppress all exactly. the feelings. Exactly, because that's the two ends of that pendulum, right? Yeah. Because there's the strong one, and then there's the one who just is hearts out there all the time, but they're not believing in themselves that they can process this they're yes. looking for, uh, you know it's a it's an external validation yes like yeah. I'm having all these feelings I can't you know it's what and that's a different thing than showing up vulnerable and really accepting and receive so it's the accepting and the receiving is such a big piece of this too you know you and I'm like you hold it in I can handle it. I can, you know, which is its own response and protective barrier and mask. Yeah. And then you have the other extreme of, I just let it all hang out, but then we're stuck in the cycle. I'm sure everyone knows someone like this and they're just repeating it, but nothing's changing. Exactly. And it's like, it's the illusion that, well, I'm feeling my feelings, but you're not actually processing them. You're just, it's like, what I'm trying to think of the word that I'm thinking of. It's just like, it's a floodgate yeah. without any introspection. I agree. Internally, because having that external support, like you were talking about, like saying, I, Hey, I need, can you hold some space for me? I need to process this and letting tears flow or whatever. You're present to it. It's a give and receive versus, and then the other it's, I'm just, putting it on you, but I'm not receiving your support back truly. So it's interesting. It's the same, it's the same coin. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that's why that saying makes so much sense. 180 degrees from sick is still sick. It is. So what about you? I've used up a lot of time here talking about my experience. What about you taking off your mask? I mean, it's honestly very similar, Mm. you know, always the strong one, you know, Um, taking care of others and then you know like you is someone going to catch me when I do that Mm -hmm. because I've had many 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 times where when I do that and then they're not you know it's like they don't show up and they drop me and it's like I'm not doing that again you know so I've had continual reinforcement oh you're going to be vulnerable Um, and then they're not there yeah. So you have, you've actually reached out to people in need of some support or someone to hold space to only have it 
yeah. rejected. Yeah. And I mean, obviously not with you, you know, there's, yeah. that's why it's like, I'm learning who I can do this with. And then there'll be times where I'm yeah. like, I'm going to try with that person. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I, the history is repeating itself again. Like they just can't show up or it turns about, you know, oh, I know what that's like. Let me share my story about it with, you know, I know exactly what you're feeling like. That's not what I need. So, I, I mean, one thing I have gotten better is if I, if it's someone who isn't as skilled, it's like, I just need you to not say anything. Mm. <laughs> Don't want advice. Or if the, if the advice starts coming out, go, I, I, that's not helpful. So how's that working then? That, that's interesting. So you have found a few people then that you can say, Hey, I need support. And you just say, I just need to just vent. I don't want any, how is that working? Are you able to still hard? Mm. And oftentimes when that happens, it's like having a conversation and it just not, like, I'll share something not intentional, not, not like that intentional, Hey, I need phone call. Hey, I need some support. Yeah. Um, so it'll just be a normal conversation. And then mm. I, a little part of my heart opens up and I share. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, why did I do that? Because all of a yeah. sudden, you know, the energy shifts. Yeah. Because I know what it feels like to be held and have someone hold space for me, yeah. you know, because yeah. like you, you know, we do it for others very naturally for the most part. I mean, we still have our stuff comes in. Um, and so when that happens and all of a sudden I'm like, abort, abort. Wrong <laughs> 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 person. You're not going to be held. Yeah. Um, and sometimes <sighs> when I have the strength, I will say that's not helpful. And mm -hmm. so oftentimes when that happens, then I do, I just say, I'm not looking for advice. And sometimes the person can step in, but oftentimes they don't know what to do. So then I just like, okay, the heart, we're just going to close that mm -hmm. back up again. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, and other times the person can step up, but yeah. It's not as often as you would think, but it's not anyone's fault. I'm not blaming, no. you know, that they can't do that for me. It's really like you were saying at the very beginning, most people were not taught this. Most people don't know how to sit with their own discomfort, let alone you're bearing witness to another's discomfort. So when someone is vulnerable, then, and we've talked about this many times, then that other person feels uncomfortable because it's their own discomfort. So the other's discomfort is creating discomfort and then so they want to fix it and make it go away so they feel better. So it's not, if someone's not versed and practiced and has been going through this process of inner work, is it reasonable to expect someone to actually hold that space for us? Which is why we yeah. can choose <clears throat> how authentic and vulnerable and whole, we can still be 100% whole and not vulnerable. Say that again. How, how does that work? We can be authentic and not be vulnerable. If if that person is not able. Oh, if the person is not able. Yeah. yeah to, so we're to being happen. whole and authentic to ourselves in that. Okay, this is a person who I care about, I love, I adore, but they're not the person that can hold the space for me. So I'm still being whole and authentic by not yeah. sharing. By not breaking down into letting the tears flow or the vulnerability yeah. come out because then I would be disrespecting myself because that other person can't. 
Gotcha. But it is, it's a delicate <laughs> balance because we can also convince ourselves like, oh, they can't handle it. So I'm just <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So I know I have been asking myself that question. I, I ask myself that question a lot, again, particularly like with my family of origin, because I'll say like, okay, you know, I'll draw that boundary Mm-hmm. unspoken boundary of let's just keep it on the surface, you know, and let's just talk about topics that are safe. Right. Right. And I say it like that they can't go there. Mm-hmm. And is that fair? Is that fair? Because have I gone there? Exactly. And I will say that I'm exploring that apps. Actually, I'm exploring that a lot right now with my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Because now that they're not here, I'm reflecting a lot on the way the relationship was with them. And while I love them so much, I I do love my parents and I miss them both. We didn't have a super close relationship where we, you know, talked heart to heart and shared what was in each other's hearts. And then I say, I, I can certainly blame them. And say, and yet then, like, did I, did I take my mask off? Did I share what was in my heart with them? I mean, I know as a child, it was, I learned some things, but as an adult, was I operating out of a pattern and out of my child, my inner child? And I think if I'm to be 100% honest and Mm -hmm. willing to take responsibility for my part, which is a part of our course, I think I could have probably tried a little more. And like that shadow side, you know, was definitely at play. Totally. And I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to bring it up too. And you did so beautifully is remembering we're co-creating all of this. So when we're not vulnerable with the person, Or we make the assumption, well, this person has dropped me many times before. And when I say drop, I mean they haven't held the space. So they drop the space. um, And everyone's capable of holding space. So just because they've dropped you nine times doesn't mean that tenth time they're not going to show up. And so are we, by our protection, are we doing a disservice by not taking off our mask and practice being vulnerable with that person. Cause perhaps they're at a different level of inner awareness now. And we're making an assumption based on a past, but yeah. we're not in the present then. Right. Uh, That's why I get percent Yeah. You no. Know? Oh, we'll, we'll have to continue having these conversations because I think these are the really important ones. And my guess would be these are the types of things, thoughts and feelings that a lot of people who are listening are, are grappling with. This is the big stuff. This yeah. is the big, in my opinion, this is the big life stuff. It is. And it's important to have these conversations and it's important for people to understand it's never, we're never going to have a concrete answer for every situation because each yeah. situation is different and it, it all comes back to, are you present? Are you present? And now what choice can you make now? 
Because if we, we can speculate all we want about this person or that person, but we, we, there is no clear cut answer every situation with every person because yeah. where we are in that moment is different than where we're at in two days. You know, we don't, and that's the beauty. And that's why having these conversations and working through I am whole and all these things shows that it's about being in the moment and showing up and doing what you can with the information you have with your conscious level at that moment, right? Because there's days we're more conscious and days we're less conscious and moments we are, it's a yep. flow, it's a flow state. And so where are you on that? Absolutely. Flow? Are you choosing something? <clears throat> are you going to stand on that edge and feel and be vulnerable? Yeah. Oh my goodness. This was so good. This was really good. I know we have a lot more to say on this and we will. I know. We don't need to do a two hour long podcast. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So, so thank you everyone for listening to us today or viewing if you're on YouTube. And if you like this episode, we would love a like comment or subscribe if you're on YouTube or even the other channels. We appreciate your support and look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks so much. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Masks Off. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe and share with friends and family. Check out the show notes for how to contact us. Remove your masks. Live your life. See you next time on Masks Off. Masks Off.